mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the state of Ohio is investing a quarter million dollars into security upgrades at the Hancock County Jail. Sheriff Michael Heldman will join us to explain what those upgrades will involve. Also this morning, from visiting exotic locations to embracing extreme adventures, what's on your bucket list? And as the weather gets warmer, there's plenty to do in the great outdoors with May activities and programs from the Hancock Park District. Michelle Rumschlag will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. I think my voice is a little bit better today than it was yesterday. It was a little rough yesterday. Um, get these sinuses draining as I always do. As I'm mentioning yesterday, is this time of year we get these wild swings in temperatures and you never know what's going to happen one day to the next. And it uh, does a number on my sinuses and they're uh, kind of draining still uh, this morning. But I think my voice is a little bit better uh, today. We'll try and muddle through here. Did you hear the uh, big news yesterday? It was uh, announced that uh, Raising Cane's, the uh, food uh, chicken joint, is uh, is coming to Findlay, apparently. Um, Raising Cane's, fast-growing restaurant chain, uh, announcing it is expanding into the uh, Findlay area, and I guess uh, right around the uh, the mall, and not in the mall, but in front of the mall. Um in front of uh, the RP Home and Harvest. Is that the uh, what I heard? Anyway, uh, so that is pretty cool. A lot of folks excited about that. I happened to see this on the uh, Newswire that uh, the restaurant chain is investing over $9 million in its workforce. According to the uh, chief operating officer and co-CEO, A.J. Kumaran, taking care of employees leads to a higher return on investment. And the company is offering an average hourly wage of $19.50 to retain employees as well as additional incentives, such as a dollar more to work past 10 p.m. and $2 more per hour to train uh, other employees. The company aims to use existing employees for training and cover rent for up to six months for workers at new locations with plans to open 1,500 domestic and international locations that will employ more than 150,000 new people. He says it is a win-win situation for everyone. So when they do arrive in Finley, it sounds like they won't have any trouble uh, filling those open positions. That's a pretty good salary and benefits package there. Um, so look forward to look forward to that for any number of reasons. Yes. Uh, let's see. Speaking of uh, businesses, retail businesses and uh, so on, I don't know if you have noticed this or not. I have certainly noticed it at the uh, big box stores that I have shopped at of late. More and more places are putting more and more of their items under lock and key at their retail locations. If you go into, really, it's any big box store. Uh, Walmart does this. Target does this. Um, They're putting more and more of their items under lock and key, where you have to find someone to unlock the display case to get the item that you want to buy rather than just taking it off the shelf. 
it's a loss prevention measure. Well, there is a Target store in San Francisco that is receiving attention for being entirely behind security glass. Uh, I saw this on TikTok, a video that shows all of the products in the store completely under lock and key. (laughs) Everything is under lock and key. Uh, Rows and rows of glass panels uh, with the doors and uh, with the locks on the uh, on the display cases, everything behind behind glass under lock and key. <laughs> As uh, one person said, why not just make it one hundred percent online and pickup? Why even have a store? Um, apparently, they are tired of being, pardon the pun, targeted by thieves at this Target. And uh, so everything has gone under uh, uh, under lock and key. I guess since uh, October of uh, last year, that's when they started to. Is this the future of uh, of retail? Uh, everything under under lock and key. You know what's difficult about that? Uh, my first thought, I heard about this, is uh, they're going to have to hire more people to go around and unlock the uh, display cases because every time I go into the store and I want to buy something that is behind the security glass that has to be where the display case has to be unlocked, it takes me what seems like an hour to find somebody who has actually has a key and can unlock it. That's, a, that's the biggest challenge. But uh, anyway, I just thought that was uh, kind of interesting. It's just the uh, latest trend. Um <clears throat> But they're still letting you check yourself out (laughs) Um, without a cashier. But you have to under lock and key to actually take something off the shelf. Just weird. Just weird. Um, Yeah, it seems like uh, if you would hire the cashiers to check you out, uh, you would have to... uh, You'd have to have less uh, things under lock and key. I don't know. It's just my random thought on this. What else is going on here uh, this morning? A couple of interesting stories. The uh, first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. India is on track to become the world's most populous country this month. According to the United Nations, um, said yesterday that India's population will match and then exceed China's by the end of April, which is just days away here. This comes just days after the UN's population fund predicted that India would have nearly 3 million more people than China by the middle of this year. So, this is the population of India will pass China this month and then be 3 million more people than China by the middle of this year. The Projections have India's population surpassing 1.425 billion by the end of April. China reached a peak population of 1.426 billion last year, but that number has been falling. Uh, The UN predicts it could dip below 1 billion by the end of the century. So, kind of interesting. India set to become the most populous country in the world this month. Uh, let's see. And how about this? Uh, again, just some random stories among the, uh, most interesting 
and buzzworthy stories that I saw on the uh, Newswire this morning. Um, if you are thinking of adopting a dog, a dog shelter, the main society, what have you, what type of dog should you avoid? Uh, Sam Hoke is a uh, dog trainer who's really popular on social media. He knows a thing or two about, about dogs and their temperaments. After years of working with hundreds of breeds during his career as a professional dog trainer, Sam Hoke has become something of an expert when it comes to their behavior and temperament. According to In the Know by Yahoo, uh, Sam Hoke recently shared the top dog breeds that he would never own himself. Interesting. Um, And what he had to say was surprising to a lot of people. Believe it or not, uh, he said nothing about the breeds that you normally think of as ones maybe to avoid, like uh, pit bulls, Rottweilers. Um, Dalmatians actually have a reputation of being difficult and uh, have kind of a bad reputation. But no mention of any of those breeds. Instead, he said, the breed that he would avoid are the doodles, Golden Doodles and Sheepadoodles and Bernadoodles. Um, they're various breeds mixed with uh, with poodles. No matter what the mix is, he said that doodle breeds are the number one breed of dog he would never have as a pet. And I don't know why um, uh, those specifically, but he said those are the ones that he would never have. So... Make of that what you will, but I thought it was uh, kind of interesting. If you're thinking of uh, getting a pet, uh, he says, avoid the doodles. So there you go. Make of that what you will. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your uh, Tuesday morning started here. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Increasing clouds today, some showers likely, a high around 50. Showers possible tonight with low in the mid-30s. Family Resource Center has completed an extensive renovation of its Finley headquarters on Carlin Street. Director of Administration, Allison Yeager. One of the great things about this project is that we are able to bring our adult services and our youth services together under one roof. This will help to make things more convenient for families to access care together. The renovated facility at 1941 Carlin Street is expected to open on May 15th, and an open house is planned for May 8th. Get more of our conversation with Allison about their new renovated facility with this story on our website. Applicants for the Ohio State Highway Patrol's 172nd Cadet Class participated in signing day events across the state, including at the Finley Post, where we spoke with Lieutenant Scott Wickhouse. Kind of a proud moment for them that they're signing and making a commitment to the Ohio State Highway Patrol and gives them a little more motivation to have their families be a big part of that. The lieutenant says this is the third academy class in which they've done the signing day ceremony and the recruits and their families enjoy taking part in it. See some pictures of the cadets signing their letter of intent with this story on our website. Ohio's unemployment rate is at its lowest mark in more than 20 years. The Ohio Department of Job and Family Services says Ohio's jobless rate for March was 3.8 percent, down from 3.9 in February. The last time the rate was this low in Ohio was from January to March in 2001. The current national unemployment rate is 3.5 percent. 
Ohio has just over 5.5 million people working and 218,000 who are listed as unemployed. Dave James, I went in news. Putnam County officials are reminding people about a new four-way stop in the southwestern portion of the county. The engineer's office said due to numerous crashes over the past several years, the Putnam County commissioners passed a resolution to make the intersection of Old State Route 12 and Township Road 17S a four-way stop. This week, the Putnam County engineer's office will be installing stop signs, stop-ahead signs, and temporary advanced warning rumble strips on Old State Route 12 to help motorists know that they now need to stop. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So now our cover story this morning. A few days ago, it was announced that the state of Ohio will be investing a quarter million dollars into security upgrades at the Hancock County Jail. It's part of a... uh, group of uh, grants that have been awarded to several Ohio counties. Uh, in all, something like $50 million uh, was in, uh, was awarded to uh, various uh, county jails. Uh, the Hancock County's portion is going to be about a quarter million dollars. And joining us this morning is uh, Hancock County Sheriff Michael Heldman to uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of what those uh, upgrades will entail. And Sheriff Heldman, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's uh, nice to be on uh, again once and talking with you. So, uh, first of all, this uh, has been, you know, there have been a lot of ongoing discussions about needs at the uh, at the Hancock County Jail. Um, what types of security upgrades will this grant allow you to implement? What we're looking at this time is a upgrade to our door, door locking system, uh, the door controls, uh, which have been replaced once in the last uh, 20, probably 20 years. And once again, they're uh, aging out and the technology is old and not working as well as it should. And we're, fe- we're fearful that uh, one of these days they'll be ha- you know, going to fail totally. Mm. And we'll be uh, looking at working off of keys, and uh, which is not good for the size of a facility that we have. Uh, what is the the timeline for being able to implement these uh, upgrades? What what does that look like in terms of uh, doing these upgrades? What we're looking at is uh, when we made the application back in the fall of of twenty two, mm-hmm. uh, we had to have everything in place as far as the costs, uh, the equipment, the company, and everything that we're going to be using. And the commissioner signed off with that, and we submitted. And now that we've been approved, we will get with this company, and I would assume probably in the next six to eight months uh, it will be completed. And uh, will this involve – it's not going to involve having to move inmates uh, in, in order to install this, or, or will it? I mean, logistically, how will that work? It may uh, at some point uh, – have to make some movement, but nothing uh, that we can't do within. I don't think we're going to have to move any inmates out of the facility yeah. at any one point. So, uh, so that will be a, uh, less of a of a hassle. I can see where that would be, um, you know, a big uh, a big mess. But um, right, the this is only one of many uh, concerns that have been raised uh, over the years with respect to the current. Uh, jail facility. Um, 
I mean, there's been talk, and we've talked about it on this show uh, in the past, and there's been some discussion about uh, expanding the jail, um, building a new uh, jail facility, you know, all of these types of things. Um, those, those are still uh, valid uh, discussions. This is not going to, um, this is not going to make those discussions go away, right? Absolutely not. Uh, the jail committee that uh, that has been working on this for the last uh, what uh, eight nine months, they are still meeting once a month and having ongoing discussions. They're looking at the data that was provided uh, to them from the uh, the t- gentleman that did this study, and they're looking toward making a decision. Hopefully, in the next few months, the uh, but we. You're, what we're looking at now is the time frame of being approved and, and having, finding the money and then going into construction. And at this point, I don't see foresee that we will be able, this county will be able to even start construction uh, before seven to, seven to eight years at the minimum before we could even start looking at construction of a new facility if it was approved by the populace. So that actually was uh, kind of one of the things that I wanted to, to bring up because, you know, there's been these discussions about what to do with respect to future uh, jail needs uh, in the county. And here comes this uh, grant to uh, upgrade the facility as, as as it exists. Number one, does this answer uh, all of the questions? And certainly not. But number two, uh, I guess, you know, it's not a, a case of throwing good money after bad. In the meantime, before uh, anything happens with the jail, you've got to be able to house the inmates that you have securely and safely in the facility you currently have. Correct. Uh, we have to maintain a facility that is safe yeah. uh, for not only the inmates, but also for the uh, staff and the public. And we also have to look at this as being the only resource we have, and we need to maintain it uh, to the best of our ability. We can't let it run down, and and the state will not let us, number one, because of the annual inspections that we'll that we receive from the state of Ohio, sure, uh, they can. They have a, a lot of say in what happens within that facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and this is uh, this grant will cover, as I understand it, about eighty percent of the cost of these uh, security uh, upgrades, and then the other uh, remaining portion is uh, already been. I think, as you were alluding to, that has already been approved by the uh, commissioners. Correct. Correct. That was uh, in October when we. Uh, completed the application. That was part of the ongoing discussion as to what percent the uh, the county would be re- uh, responsible for, and I believe it was like twenty percent that we identified, and the commissioners agreed to pay for at that time. So some much needed upgrades uh, to the current jail facility, even as the discussion continues as to the future needs uh, for the uh, community. And obviously, I'm sure we'll be talking more about that uh, as that process uh, continues to uh, go along. Uh, One other question that I I wanted to uh, uh, touch on and ask you about uh, on a different subject. While we have you, 
uh, here because we have talked about this uh, a couple of times on the uh, program. Ohio's new phones down law is uh, now in effect. I know we're kind of in the grace period where uh, you're uh, educating drivers rather than citing drivers about the new tougher uh, law regarding uh, devices and, and the use of devices while people are driving. What do you? What are your uh, deputies uh, seeing on the uh, on the roads uh, as of right now? Is the message getting through about uh, this uh, strengthened uh, law where uh, where people are going to potentially be cited for really any mobile device use behind the wheel? Well, you know, it's funny because uh, it's in some cases I think we're seeing yes it. People are hearing the message and they're adhering to it. Mm-hmm. But then there's also people out there that uh, they are continually using. It was ironic. Uh, I believe it was Sunday. My wife and I was driving down Main Street and a young lady pulled up beside us at a stoplight and she had the phone up to her ear. So obviously she had not gotten the message that uh, you're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah. And again, there's a lot of uh, tools in those phones that you can make them, you know, you got speakerphone. Mm-hmm. Most cars have Wi-Fi nowadays. Right. You can be talking through the wi- uh, the Bluetooth, excuse mm-hmm. me. And so it's a, a lot of different things. The tools are there. People need to use them and not have the phone up to your ear and or texting. Uh, that's going to be the biggest thing that I and, and the deputies are seeing. People uh, can't get away from texting and putting that phone down and not texting from time they leave to the time they arrive at the next yeah, uh, location. Those uh, Unfortunately, those habits kind of die hard, and we've gotten uh, into some very bad habits with respect to our mobile devices behind the wheel that we're now going to have to uh, break. So a reminder for folks that uh, can't be doing that uh, for uh, everyone's uh, safety, for safety's sake for everyone on the road. Absolutely. Again, uh, Hancock Absolutely. County Sheriff Michael Heldman with us uh, this morning. Sheriff Heldman, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, and you have a good day. So you may remember on the program yesterday morning, we were talking about bucket list day and thinking about all of those things that you want to do before shuffling off this mortal coil. Well, a new survey from Ally Bank finds that nearly 90% of Americans are dreaming big from visiting exotic locations to embracing extreme adventures. And joining us is Sonia Freyer from Ally Bank. And Sonia, what did the uh, survey, the survey you did reveal about the types of things that people are putting on their bucket list? Thanks for having me. So at Ally, uh, we wanted to check in with consumers to see how they were feeling in this time of high inflation and rates and see whether they are still dreaming big and have those bigger aspirations. And the answer is definitively yes. As you mentioned, 84% of Americans have a bucket list, and it has everything from travel, maybe you'd like to go to Hawaii, maybe you'd like to go see friends and family, maybe save up to learn a new skill like skydiving, maybe you're saving for a dream home or a new car. So it really runs the gamut of quite a bunch of different adventures and things that are on people's bucket list. Now, Unfortunately, a third of people haven't been able to check anything off their bucket list. 
and 75% of people say that money and finances are the reason why. Yeah, that's I, obviously I would I would think uh, that the biggest obstacle to actually doing all of those things that we dream about uh, instead of just dreaming about them, is the money. That's absolutely right. People face hurdles on both the saving and the spending side of the equation. We know that many people struggle to afford even a $1,000 emergency expense. Right. And so for the people that are struggling to save, they're probably not making progress on those bucket list items. Um, we offer savings tools, buckets, and boosters within our savings account at Ally. We have been so proud to see people create over 3 million buckets to keep track of the things that are most important to them. And on the spending side of the equation, even though most people already know, here's how much I'm spending every month, they don't always know, here's how much I have to afford. And so our new spending bucket tool will help them set aside digital envelopes to account for the critical expenses, think mortgage, rent, you know, bills, utility, groceries, those are the things that you have to spend your money on. Then you get a picture of how much you have left over for some of the fun stuff. Now, we've often talked about the importance of setting money goals and ways to keep motivated to stick through them, uh, stick to them when times get rough. Is this a legitimate motivator? I mean, can this be something you use to keep on track? Absolutely. I, I point to two things that are important when you're setting a goal. Number one, visualize it. And that sounds so simple, but even the act of like declaring, this is what's important to me. This is what I'm saving for. You can visualize it. You can track your progress, whether it's Taylor Swift concert tickets or, you know, saving for that car, that can be hugely motivating. And then the second tip is automate your savings as much as you can. So take the heavy lifting off of your shoulders, set it and forget it. Really, we know that those two things, two strategies work because customers who use our tools, our savings tools are saving over two times more than customers who aren't. Now, you mentioned uh, many of the tools that you have available, and there are a lot of budgeting tools out there. Uh, Some are better for some people than others. So what should a person look for uh, so that they match up a tool that will work for them to reach those goals? I would point to find something that's easy for you to use. People will stick with it if it's easy. Number two, something that's going to motivate you, something that's going to help you visualize not just what you're saving for, but also your progress as you get there. And then that automation component that I just talked about is going to help you accelerate your savings, get there faster. And at Ally, we offer savings buckets and spending buckets they're right there within our savings account and our checking account. And so those accomplish, you know, really those three or four things that we know are going to help people make progress. It is possible to do even in tough times. And again, Sonia Freyer from Ally Bank is with us this morning talking about their bucket list survey. Where do we get more information? You actually have a special section on your website dedicated to all of this. We do. You can find more information on our buckets at ally.com slash bucket list. That's A-L-L-Y. And you can also find some more interesting stats on what is on people's bucket list there as well. Sonia, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. 20 years of making mornings good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. 
Police in Bitburg, Germany, uh, received some uh, panicked calls the other day when a man was seen walking around town with an albino python wrapped around his neck. <laughs> I can see where that would cause uh, some some panic, some alarm. Officers responded and encountered the man with a yellow and white serpent. But no one seemed to be in any danger. The man told officers he was just taking his pet for a walk. (laughs) Wanted to get the python some fresh air. Taking the python out for a walk. Upon closer inspection of the snake, we found it poses no threat and may be kept without the need for special permission, according to officers. Just weird. (laughs) Nothing to see here. Just taking my pet python out for a walk. Get some fresh air. Um, other uh, animal stories in the broken news this morning. Actually, quite a few animal stories in the broken news this morning. This from Kenai, Alaska, where a moose wandered into a movie theater and helped himself to some popcorn. <laughs> Video footage. You know, Alaska, they have moose all over the place. And uh, you don't mess with the moose. They pretty much go wherever they want to go. And uh, people are smart enough not to challenge the moose. Where the moose wants to go, the moose goes. And uh, video footage shows a moose wandering around the lobby of the movie theater eating popcorn. And uh, actually fished a McDonald's Happy Meal box uh, out of the trash. Which promptly got stuck on its snout. The uh, footage also shows an employee... Uh, kind of chuckling about the whole thing while keeping his distance and a person at the end of a corridor cautiously peeking at what's going on. Uh, after finishing its snack, the moose then turned and walked out the front door. I don't know if uh, Happy Meal and popcorn is necessarily good for a moose or not, said uh, the person who videoed the whole incident, posted it online. But I can confidently say that uh, that's probably not Uh, His natural diet. Uh, Usually moose eat twigs, leaves, and other plant materials. But everybody, every now and then, has a hankering for some movie theater popcorn. I mean, who can't resist? It's yummy stuff. Uh, Let's see. In a coastal town in Belgium, seagulls are the stars of the show. The town recently hosted the European Seagull Screeching Contest where participants from all over Europe competed to see who could imitate the sound of a seagull the best. <laughs> They're apparently starved for entertainment in Europe. The, the, event which is held, uh, the event which held its third edition on Sunday began as a Belgian-only competition, but now has expanded. They've opened up the competition uh, into this mini-festival inviting Everyone from around Europe and indeed around the world. This is according to the Brussels Times newspaper. It started five years ago as a way to bridge the gap between people and seagulls, with organizers hoping to remove the negative views that people may hold of seagulls as dangerous and loud birds. Uh, By the way, the winner of this year's European Seagull Screeching Contest uh, went to a... Uh, participant from the Netherlands, Jarmo Sluter. So, was the, <laughs> the European Seagull Screeching Contest. 
I don't know if we had uh, coverage of that on uh, ESPN or not. I would think maybe there's some highlights on Sports Center. Um, now this is a little unusual. A doctor in India uh, has come up with a unique way to beat the heat. It's very warm in India. Um, it's very uh, hot climate. And so people will do just about anything to beat the heat. Fed up with the scorching temperatures, uh, this doctor decided to coat his car with cow dung in a bid to keep it cool. According to news reports, the doctor explained his unconventional method, telling the news outlet, it often happens in summer that the uh, sheet on top of the car draws heat and increases the temperature inside the car. By applying cow dung, a coating of cow dung on the car, the inside temperature of the vehicle does not go up. Blocks the sun's rays. The uh, heat that is felt while sitting inside the car during summer is avoided. Uh, He claimed that the cow dung helps the air conditioning work better, and he also adds that the coating can last up to two months if it is undisturbed by the weather, if it doesn't rain. (laughs) And uh, I would imagine that other drivers keep their distance. I know I sure would, but uh, here you go. If you've ever wanted to beat the heat uh, in the summer, that's one way, I guess. Keep your car cool. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, it's kind of a uh, light day for the broken news, but this is... You know, sometimes you try and do a good deed, and it just doesn't work out. Amelia Goldsmith uh, tried to do something nice by paying for someone's groceries at the supermarket. But nobody, she couldn't find anybody to take her up on her offer. She wanted to, uh, she's um, she's a social media influencer, and she's a social media celebrity, or a social media celebrity wannabe, and she was uh, recording a TikTok video um, where she wanted to go in and do something nice, pay for someone's groceries at the uh, at the store. But uh, the first man that she approached declined her offer, saying that there was no need. Uh, one other woman said there's a lot more deserving people in the world, but thank you. Um, Ms. Goldsmith instead ended up buying some food and placing it in the donation bin at the store when she couldn't uh, find anyone... <laughs> to take her up on her offer to buy her food. In the comments, some viewers noted that she was a, a grocery that uh, she was at a grocery store in a wealthy neighborhood, so likely there weren't going to be a whole lot of people who couldn't afford uh, to buy their own groceries. And uh, also speculated that being filmed might have made shoppers feel awkward. Um, although one commenter said, uh, I know a lot of people would be very grateful uh, for this, But remember, you don't need to film a good deed in order for it to be valid. But where's the fun in that? You know, these days, doing a good deed doesn't really count unless everyone knows about it. Uh, There you go. Uh, That is uh, today's broken news report to try and do something nice, and everybody turns it down. Uh, This is today's broken news Update of the odd and unusual side of the headlines, and we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. 
When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music, but it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. And this is really interesting uh, research out of the university, uh, the Medical University of Vienna in Austria. Um, You know that more and more people have been adopting um, a vegan diet, vegetarian or vegan diets in an effort to eat healthier. The perception is that uh, minimizing or cutting out entirely uh, animal-based foods is perceived to be a healthier diet. And a lot of people will go vegan because they want to be healthier. But this research actually um, sort of uh, upends the idea uh, that going vegan is automatically healthier. Uh, What they found was that 53%, more than half of all vegans, actually are consuming an unhealthy diet filled with processed meat alternatives, along with a higher than average number of sweets and snacks. Um, The popularity says the popularity of processed plant-based alternatives challenges the public perception that veganism is inherently healthy. Researchers discovered that vegans tend uh, do tend to exercise more than the average person. However, the uh, experts identified two types of vegan diets, uh, convenience diets and health-conscious diets. So not unlike the rest of us, uh, convenience vegans who make up 53% of the participants in the study consume more processed fish and meat alternatives along with uh, savory snacks, sauces, cakes, sweets, convenient foods, uh, convenience foods, fruit juices, and refined grains. In contrast, the more health-conscious vegans, which made up 47%, ate more fresh vegetables, fruits, potatoes, whole meal products, vegetable oils and fats, and protein and milk alternatives. So uh, going fresh is the healthier, healthier alternative, and just... Going vegan, if all you're doing is using processed uh, alternatives, not necessarily uh, any healthier. And again, although uh, vegans of all types do tend to exercise more, it doesn't necessarily counterbalance the bad processed uh, meat alternatives that uh, many vegans include in their diet. The bottom line, the authors uh, say, and to drive the point home here, with the main consumption of ready-made foods, uh, those processed meat alternatives, if that is the main component of your vegan diet, there is a 29% higher risk of early mortality. So again, blowing the lid off of the idea that any vegan diet is a healthier diet is certainly not the case. Something to think about before you decide to make that switch. 
we were just mentioning here before we went on the air that it's hard to believe that coming into May, the month of May already, and by the end of next month, we'll be talking about you know Memorial Day and kicking off the right. summer season. The boathouse is going to be open. To, I know, like a month from, a little over a month. I think it's yeah. 27th, I think, is that last Saturday. Be here before you know I it. Know. <laughs> Hard to believe. Michelle Rumschlag is uh, with us from the uh, Hancock Park District to uh, talk about things going on in the month of May in yes. the parks. As the weather gets warmer, uh, you know, this week notwithstanding, uh, as the weather uh, gets warmer, <laughs> uh, we start to get uh, outdoors. Plenty to do uh, at the parks. Yes. And as always, um, you know, this is just a snippet of, of a few programs. So all of our programs... Um, through the month of May and summer camps, go to HancockParks.com. Yes. So just uh, want to put that out there of, again, want to see everything that we've got going on. Definitely want to uh, highlight this, and we did it last month as well, uh, but we'll uh, mention it again, summer camps, because those do yes. fill up quickly. And some of them are already filled. Yeah. Um, I would say probably over half <laughs> are already <laughs> already already filled, filled. and they always do and i feel like every year it gets like sooner and sooner yeah um we do have a few openings on our one day camps that we have for okay. six to twelve and then there's still some of those um closer age ranges that we've got some opportunities um but if you i mean we still have other summer programming that we're working on right now that should be out probably mid-may um and we'll still have opportunities for kids, you know, different age programs and stuff. So they might be in evenings or weekends. So if you miss out on summer camps, yeah, you just know for next year and people learn that. I mean, we usually, you know, middle of February, we put it out with our spring programming and people watch for it. Oh, yeah. they'll call. Right. So you just know that they just, right, they're very popular. So still a few, though. Yes. Uh, still some openings. Still some there. We'll check those out uh, and uh, get your kids signed up. What is going on in the month of May? Yeah. Um, so uh, coming up on Mon- or May, uh, Thursday, May 4th, um, we're doing an ec- insect investigations for homeschoolers. And so this is for um, homeschoolers ages 5 to 14. We're going to be doing this out at Riverbend Recreation Area, meeting at Shelter 7, uh, 9.30 to 11.30. Um, there's no cost, but we do need you to register by the Wednesday before at 1 o'clock, just so we know how many kids we've got. Um, and so it'll be everything insects. Hopefully the weather will be a little warmer here in the next week or two. Yeah. Um, talking about insects, using sweep nets to see what kind of insects in the taller grass are out there. Um, going on a scavenger hunt to look for them. And so a great way, again, for ages 5 to 14, um, so if you've got kids that fit, you know, multiple children that fit in that age range, um, depending, we might keep them together or we might split them apart by age group, just depending how many we got. We've got a few signed up, so we're definitely having the program. Okay. So again, May 4th, insect investigation for homeschoolers. All righty. What else is going on in the month of May? Well, coming up then that Saturday, um, the first Saturday in May, May 6th, is our 25th annual Fish Festival. And so, of course, this is something we've been putting on for years, um, the the Gertz Lake there will be stocked with um, some trout the day before. Um, come on out, people. You know, we'll come early. It starts at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Registration starts at 730. Um, I did the event for you. There would be people there when I, before I would get there. Like, <laughs> 7 is set up to get They're that ready prime. To go. Right. So, of course, this is for kids ages 4 to 15 with an adult. You know, we ask adults, you know, after 11 o'clock, Everybody can fish. Mm-hmm. And so we just ask that you refrain from that while, while the kids are there. Um, we're going to have door prizes, um, you know, drawings kind of throughout the morning. 
And then so, of course, you know, there's no cost. You just need to register and, yeah. and have a good time. And it's rain or shine. And it has been all kinds of weather over the years when we've done it. Um, so it's something great. Bring out the grandkids. Um, we will have bait for sale on, uh, on site. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you've got your own special, everybody's particular when they fish and they're special or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and no catch and release. You do need, it's a limit of five. Yes. So what you catch your first five. You're good. And you're going to have fish for dinner that and, night. That's, right. And that's they put the in, I don't remember, like 1,500 or something like that. It's a good number that go in. So yeah. it's not like, oh, I can't make it that morning, but you can come by later in the afternoon. There's still going to be mm-hmm. fish there. Yeah. It will not be fished out. But again, and that's always that first Saturday in May. Um, so matter, definitely Saturday, May 6th. Again, out at Riverbend, um, Lake at, Lakefront Activity Area. So that is on the south side of... Um, the lake so shelter four is on the north side this is on the south side okay and so registration will take there that just gets you registered for the door prizes and the drawings and stuff uh, and it, it is uh if you're not sure where it is you go to riverbend and follow the crowd because there's a crowd right uh, and there's no parking like next to the lake so either you park down in big oaks by shelter three you can park across the way there by the Brueggemann lodge mm-hmm. or down again by shelter four um and the oxbow bend area so yeah. there's nothing right next to the lake but I mean, you're like stone's throw, so yeah. it's 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 right there. And right, just just watch the people. Just follow the crowd. Bring your chairs. Bring your snacks. You know, whatever you need to have a good fishing morning. Obviously, it's uh, it's something that a lot of people put on their calendars yes. for the first weekend in May. And it's as you very... mentioned, it is rain or shine, regardless of the weather. So right, we we will be there. Going to be a good time. Uh, yep. Anything else to uh, highlight for the uh, month of May? Well, coming up, um, of course, we're kind of in bird migration season. Okay. Um, of course, it, it's coming up in May. That's bigger up by the lake, the biggest birding week. Um, but they're passing through Hancock County to get up there. So on Friday, April, or excuse me, May 12th, um, we're having an evening bird hike. So this is going to take place at Oakwood's Nature Preserve. Um, it's for our adults 16 and up. Uh, don't need to register. 630, just show up. And again, hopefully looking for those final kind of last migrators are going through but also searching for those ones that migrate and stay here so your oreos your flycatchers tanagers so those birds that have migrated south for the winter finally coming back and then ones that are like summer residents we call them they stay here during the summer but then come fall they'll they'll leave again just because their food source isn't here Mm -hmm. um so a chance for that um we bring your binoculars we'll have some if you don't but again friday May 12th at 6.30 at Oakwoods Nature Preserve. Just meet there on the Discovery Center porch. Okay. And uh, let's see. Does that uh, pretty much cover the uh, main things for uh, May? Or yeah. I mean, else? we've got things okay. for, you know, we do a variety. We've got stuff for the kiddos. Of course, our story right. times. Right. We've got a planetarium program thrown in there. You know, a variety of hikes, things for adults, um, all kinds of stuff. Like you said, you know, Zonta Landing boat rentals will be opening up more the, of the of weekend. Yep. That's that first Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that start kicks off our season through through Labor Day weekend. So, yeah. so that'll be the end of May. If you want to, you know, head out and sometimes it's still sometimes it's a little cold when we first open. But um, and want to put a plug in. Uh, we're going to have new double kayaks this year. So ah. we had two last year. We replaced them with some new ones. So those are very popular. People really love those. So okay. um, I think they'll be excited about that. But still pedal boats, canoes, kayaks, single kayaks. Nothing's really changed. Ours is the same, all that. Again, all the information is on the website. 
Again, HancockParks.com. And uh, also, uh, you can sign up for uh, shelter rentals and all of that, too, for all of your outdoor summer activities with the family and things like that. Right. So. And I've had people call me asking for things in June at Riverbend. Just there's not a lot. Okay. So, or, you know, Waterfalls Pavilion. So if it's something you want to do this summer, you should book it now. But remember, it's a year to date. So if you've got somebody graduating next year or need that family reunion next year, once that date hits, you can get online and you yeah. can register for that. Uh, so just like the summer camps, yes. sign up soon. Sign up early. Don't waste time. Uh, again, uh, Michelle Rumslug with the uh, Hancock Park District with us. Uh, we've got a link up for more information at our webpage. All of the uh, May activities. Looking forward to the tail end of spring, the start of the summer season. Michelle, thanks very much for dropping by. We thanks for having it. me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage, that, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the show, Stand Your Ground Laws have come under scrutiny after a string of wrong place, wrong time shootings around the country. But what does the law in Ohio actually say? take a closer examination so until tomorrow morning that is good mornings for this morning now that you've had a good morning go on out and make it a good day catch you back here tomorrow